0: Hello and welcome to episode 77 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R A N D U M B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about playing politics in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, again, breaking new ground here in the fact that this is now the fourth episode of Random Thoughts in a row to be talking about this coronavirus. But if you're going to be talking about anything today, That's all that's really going on. It's dominating the news for good reason, although there is a whole lot of misinformation out there. There's a whole lot of fear being spread around. There's a lot of panic buying still going on. I mean, toilet paper still seems to be hard to come by, and I don't really understand that, but it's what happens, I guess, when people begin to freak out, and this is the time more than any, that we rely on the people, at least here in the United States, that we've elected into office to do the right thing, to do what is best for the population at large, and hopefully to stop playing politics. But no, that's not what's happening as the United States government tries to put together a massive Massive, massive coronavirus bill. The Democrats are insisting on playing politics. And this one, I don't think it's hard to figure out if you're being honest, if you're going to look at the situation rationally, where the fingers need to be pointed. Both sides have problems. There's no doubt about it. But in this case, we have. The Democrats who are holding back, not only holding back, they have a wish list of what they want to see in the bill before they'll get it passed. And this is all after a bipartisan committee got together, put the bill together. Everything was ready to be passed in the United States Senate. Nancy Pelosi, it seems, rode her broom, I mean, a plane back into Washington and added a whole bunch of new things that have to be in the bill for them to agree to pass this. Again, this is a coronavirus bill. This is something that should be helping our country be prepared to handle what's going on, both from a medical standpoint and from an economic standpoint. Both of those could be quite troublesome as we move forward. So you ask yourself, What did Nancy Pelosi want included? I mean, what was so important that has to be included? Otherwise, they're not going to pass it. Well, Things like the publication of corporate pay statistics by race and race statistics for all corporate boards. I mean, that makes complete and utter sense that we need that in order to get funding so businesses don't go under, so people don't lose their jobs, and for The medical community to be able to do what they need to do in order to protect patients. I mean, that makes sense, right? We need a publication of corporate pay statistics by race, and we need race statistics for all corporate boards. So rather than getting money into the hands of people who are very much out of jobs right now due to being forced to stay at home in a lot of states, including here in Illinois. Rather than allowing the federal government to get this money out to you so you can pay for groceries, pay your rent, whatever you need to do, the Democrats are holding this back in order to pass laws to get a publication of corporate pay statistics by race and race statistics for all corporate boards. They're more concerned with how many people of each individual race are on corporate boards Than getting you the help you need that was the first thing they also want a bailout on all current debt at the postal service well i mean sure i mean packages need to get around i mean how would we ever do that without the post office i mean nobody else has ever put together a package delivery service right ups right fedex right amazon who is uh somehow making money at delivering packages Where the post office continues to lose money, mainly because it's uh, mismanaged. But sure, they want to bail out of the post office before they'll get you your money to pay for you know food for your kids in order for you to pay your rent. They also want required early voting and required same day voter registration. Those are things that just really need to be done in order to get you. This coronavirus check for the government to be able to do business. I mean, of course, we need to guarantee before we get you any kind of money in your hands that we have to have early voting and same day voter registration. These don't seem to be things that have anything to do with the coronavirus or the pandemic that is going on both now economically and physically with our health system here. But the Democrats think these are what's really important. And this is why we're going to have to hold back the stimulus. This is why we're going to have to hold back putting the money into your hands because full, we need early voter registration. They also want provisions on the official time for union collective bargaining. So they want some perks for the unions. They don't again yeah, don't care about you. Don't care about your health. They care about the unions. They also want a full offset of airline emissions by 2025. Now, I don't know how they're going to manage that, but this again is showing that they're more interested in the green new deal which will bankrupt the country and throw you into complete socialism, more concerned about getting the foothold in that than again getting people the help they need now. This really Should be criminal. The fact that they're worried about airline emissions when most planes are sitting around now cutting back due to the fact that nobody's traveling, but they're more worried about airline emissions than what's going on now. It seems you can't be more tone deaf than this right now in a world that the United States is certainly not alone. Everybody is under some kind of lockdown. And I know we have people that listen. In Canada, Australia, throughout Europe. This isn't something unique to the United States. This is a serious situation that is causing a whole lot of strife around the world, but the Democrats want to continue to play politics on it. Another thing that they want in order to pass this particular bill the publication and reporting of greenhouse gas statistics for individual flights. Because, you know, that makes sense. It's like saying, well, what was your greenhouse statistics when you drove to the store today? I need an exact number. It doesn't make sense. This is definitely not something that needs to be debated here and now before getting this stimulus plan, before getting help to the people who need it in order for the economy not to crash. A lot of people can now continue to make the case that the Democrats are so anti-Trump that they really would prefer that the economy crash rather than for Trump to get reelected. And there have been a lot of these people that have said it from Bill Maher right, right at the beginning of the Trump presidency that, oh, I hope there's a big economic collapse because you know, then Trump will be hurt. These people are so stupid. I guess they don't realize a lot of other people besides Trump actually live in the United States, but it's orange man bad Derangement syndrome that is going to cause a whole lot more strife for you than anything else. And the Democrats just don't seem to care in this case. They also want retirement plans for community newspaper employees. Because, yeah, I mean, that's really the thing I would be worried about when there's a global pandemic that's causing massive economic strife a lot of people sick and some people critically ill and dying yeah that's what i would be worried about is retirement plans for community newspaper employees i mean you really really cannot make this stuff up it is really sad and it just doesn't make any sense except again this is a way to get things through that normally wouldn't be gotten through because this is being put into a bill that everybody else knows the rest of this is important for the economy it's important for the country also in this that the democrats want is a federal 15 dollars minimum wage as well as paid permanent paid leave so these are the things they went and added to the bill that they're not going to allow it to pass unless these things go through. At least that's what they're still saying as of now at 4 p.m. Central Time on Monday. What's today? The 21st? 23rd. I mean, the days, they're, they're starting to get away from me with everyone kind of seems the same lately. But yeah, that's what the Democrats are doing. And it doesn't make any sense. And if you have to point fingers at anybody in this case, are the Republicans always right? No but in this case, to be holding this back for things, this is really equivalent to you going to a doctor and saying, you know, Hey, you know, I've got the flu. I really can use some medication and their doctor going, well, yeah, sure. I can, I can get you the medication you need and you'll feel better just in a few minutes, but I need you to, uh, I need you to sign this saying that you will, you know, give me your house and your car and, uh, you know, whatever else they want. It's akin to holding you up without a gun. There's no doubt about it. This is what the Democrats are doing. They're saying we know the country needs this. We know the American citizens need to get this money, a lot of them in order to make rent, pay for food, keep the lights on. But no, the Democrats are more concerned about raising a minimum wage, retirement plans for community newspaper employees getting debt from the, po- the post office wiped out they're worried about union collective bargaining and they're worried about airline emissions i don't get it and i know i've ranted about this before i believe on a previous random thoughts if not it was over on the other podcast i do grumpy old Benz, grumpy that the way our government works the concept that a coronavirus bill Could even have stuff about minimum wage or newspaper employees. I mean, I get the minimum wage maybe comes into effect if you're dealing with things like a stimulus package, but we need a way that each individual bill is only about one thing without all the pork, without all the crazy stuff, without going, well, you know, we would like to provide, you know, a billion dollars worth of medical help, but. You know, in order to do that, we're going to have to sign this high-speed rail thing. It doesn't make any sense. We need to start separating these things out so when somebody actually signs a bill that they're actually getting what they want 100%, I mean, I understand there's compromise, but this idea that we have to throw a bunch of other stuff in with it really never leads to anything good. But one of the things that's going on right now, one of the stories you're reading everywhere is the lack of testing and the lack of masks and equipment that is needed for the people on the front line in order to try to keep them from getting sick, because that is a domino effect you don't want to happen. If you have your doctors and the people working in the hospitals all getting sick, you can have a cascading failure that is really going to be. A scary thing, but we've heard a lot about the testing. And the testing is actually something that I get from a statistical standpoint because when this is all said and done, this is going to be some interesting data to look at and it could be helpful moving forward for things that might come after this. But the concept that everybody should be getting tested right now is a laugh, even though these are the kind of things you're hearing from the mayor here in Chicago. And this also doesn't make sense because you go to the website for the city of Chicago and there's a kind of a little flow chart like, well, how do I know if I need testing? And it's it kind of blew my mind from the, the concept that everybody's pushing. Well, everybody should be tested. We must have more tests. Well, this is from the city of Chicago's guide on do I need to be tested? And this is on their website, chicago.gov, testing for COVID-19, how to determine if you need testing. Question number one, and there are three questions. Question number one, are you having symptoms like fever, cough, or difficulty breathing? If yes, please answer question number two. If no, testing is not needed. If you have come in close contact with someone who has had COVID-19, stay home and monitor your symptoms for 14 days. So the question number one is, if you're having symptoms, then go to question two. If you're having no symptoms, testing is not needed. So if you don't have any symptoms, testing isn't needed. Question number two, then, are your symptoms severe? If yes, call your doctor or 911. Good advice. That makes sense. But if no, your symptoms are not severe, go to question number three. So, okay, we're going to question number three. We're assuming your symptoms are not severe. If you feel your symptoms are severe or life-threatening, of course you call your doctor or you call 911, but you're just feeling sick. You're not feeling like your symptoms are severe. You go to question number three. Are you over 60 and, or do you have any underlying medical conditions like diabetes, cancer, or heart disease? So let's assume here that you are under 60 years old without underlying conditions. Testing is not needed, it says. Stay home for seven days from symptoms onset and 72 hours after fever is gone and symptoms improve, whichever is longer, to avoid getting anyone else sick. So, again, the city of Chicago, if your symptoms are severe, you call 911 or you go to your doctor. But if they're not severe, and you're under 60 and don't have underlying medical conditions, screw you, no testing is needed. So what are we calling on all these tests for? If you are over 60 and or have an underlying medical condition like diabetes, cancer, or heart disease, then it says to contact your doctor to determine if testing is needed. So it's not really... What the media has been portraying this, which is everybody should be tested, everybody should be tested. I mean, it would be nice, but this is the city of Chicago, all Democrat run for as long as I can remember, in a Democrat run state for as long as I can remember. This is what they tell you about testing. If you're not in not severe, don't get tested. And we know a few things about this disease, about this contagion. And the thing that has always stood out is that 80 to 85% of the people who are going to get this are never going to have severe symptoms. And if you don't know how many people have the disease, you can't really say how many people have perished from the disease. It will ruin the statistics. But the concept that the city of Chicago, the other thing they're doing is complaining that they're not getting the help that they need. And I don't believe that is true, and neither did our buddy Matt Dubile, and I hope I'm saying his last name right, the guy that runs WCKG here in Chicago, who went around yesterday and looked at what was going on outside four local hospitals. None of them are being overrun with people trying to get tests. It looks like there's a whole lot of nothing going on, and we may still be in the calm before the storm. It seems New York is getting hit hard right now. LA, perhaps, is getting hit hard. Boston, not so much. I saw an account for a nurse in the Boston area who said that her shifts have actually been getting cut because the hospital is empty. Not a lot going on. And again, this may just be the calm before the storm, or maybe a lot of this social distancing and stuff is keeping the cases to a minimum. Which is a good thing. But now, besides the testing, we're hearing that there are no masks available in the government, and in this case, Donald Trump is being accused of not doing enough. We need more masks. They've there have been calls for him to implement government things to force companies to start producing. This hasn't quite been done yet. But if you want to look at why there's a shortage on masks in the federal government in the stockpile you go back beyond donald trump believe it or not you go back to the presidency of one barack hussein obama and i found this to be very interesting and very telling in 2006 congress added supplemental funds to add 104 million N95 masks and 52 million surgical masks as they prepared for a flu pandemic. So this is good. The government is preparing something very rare. This goes back to 2006. So that was that George W. Bush guy that everybody hated, right? This was under his control. This was under his reign. Congress added the funds to add these 104 million N95 masks and 52 million surgical masks in order to prepare for a flu pandemic. Well, guess what? We had one in 2009, the swine flu, H1N1. You're old enough to remember that one. Well, the mask shortage happened, and the federal government stepped in, which is what they were supposed to do, and they distributed about three quarters of the supply of masks that it had on hand. Because of this pandemic at the time with the H1N1 swine flu, the N95 masks were then on a two- to three-year backlog due to demand. But guess what? Obama and his federal government never replenished the supply. According to Charles Johnson, president of the International Safety Equipment Association, the Obama administration pulled roughly 100 million masks during the swine flu epidemic to be distributed, but then the advice to replenish that supply was never heeded. Now, if you want to start pointing fingers again, the one you might want to be pointing here is to the Obama administration because when Trump took over, they weren't there. This is kind of like the thing if you know somebody takes over an office and you didn't realize somebody, you know, took all the out or, you know, post-it notes, you know, uh, if you want to point a finger here, it seems pretty easy to do so, especially when it is said Charles Johnson, again, president of the International Safety Equipment Association said our association is unaware of any major efforts to restore the stockpile to cover that drawdown. And this he told to the Los Angeles Times, which is why. Right now, when we need about 300 million masks that are estimated to be needed for this pandemic with the coronavirus, instead of having about 115 or so million masks waiting to be distributed by the federal government, there's 12 million. Thanks, Obama. You know, it's Orange Man bad. I know. Maybe he should have gone and counted those. I mean, Trump should have realized this, but uh, no, this all started back under Obama. And it's very easy for these things to get lost, I guess. But if you want to put some blame here on why there are no masks, you got to point the finger not to Donald Trump here, but to the previous administration. On the bright side, there are people trying to help. And it's one of the things that you're seeing here that at least is good. The things we can take from this are the bravery of the people on the front lines of the doctors, the nurses, anybody that works in those hospitals. The people that are out there driving trucks, working at your grocery stores, and your pharmacies, trying to make sure your day-to-day life is not completely upended. Some things have to get done. They're out there doing it. And in this case, Harbor Freight, a company that sells tools, is donating. For any hospitals that have an emergency room that asks, they're donating every n95 mask every face shield and every five and seven millimeter nitrile gloves that they have in stock so if you work at a local hospital and you're in need of these things go to the harbor freight website they have a requisition form there and they're giving these away they're donating they're not charging the hospitals they're they said they're, they'll go through all their stock whatever they have to do to help so kudos to a company that's doing something to help and not trying to make a buck. Like, remember the guy that went and bought, what, 18,000 bottles of hand sanitizer? And he had to end up donating them because, well, he ended up having nowhere to sell them. So, you know, don't be a douche. It's pretty easy. Do the right thing. But overall, as I said, all seems to be pretty quiet here in Chicago. I talked to my doctor earlier today because I did have a question for him on a medication that I was taking and how it is possibly could uh, complicate the having the coronavirus and he gave me a call because he said out of all the calls i had and there are a lot of them that mine was the best question and the most rational uh, it seems like there is a lot of panic going on and i get it but you need to take a deep breath take everything one step at a time And keep yourself healthy by doing the things that you should be doing rather than worrying that if you don't have symptoms, don't be calling your doctor. If you have the sniffles, don't be calling your doctor. You have to look at this in a reasonable way. If you have a fever and you got a cough, well, then you probably want to at least call your doctor but not go in. But treatment is on the way, it seems. We talked about this in one of the previous episodes about the chloroquine and this is something that there's some anecdotal evidence which is really good beyond just the study in France. Uh you're seeing things in the news now with people one of the guys that had gotten this drug treatment talked about the fact that he thought he was literally going to die within 24 hours because his breathing he talked about being labored. And this was a guy that wasn't that old. I think he was in his 50s, so it kind of hit home a little bit with me. And he talked about the fact that he had gotten a text from somebody with a link to the story that, hey, Donald Trump's talking about this drug. And he's like, so I asked my doctor. And the doctor's like, well, you know, I don't know if you really want to try that. It's not tested. We don't know. You know, it could make things worse. And the guy's like, look, I feel like I'm going to die. And I want the treatment. The doctor got him the treatment. Within 30 minutes, he said the nurse was in his room giving him the first dose of the chloroquine or maybe it was the hydroxychloroquine there's two different variations here but he said that he had the feeling of his heart racing he had another bout of really having a difficulty breathing but he ended up going to sleep and a few hours later woke up and he was like it felt like nothing had happened the symptoms drastically got better Drastically quick. And he credits this drug therapy with saving his life and with Donald Trump being the blowhard that the left wants to make him for going out and talking about this kind of stuff. I mean, I get that Dr. Fauci, that is the doctor that is in charge of all this stuff. I understand why doctors don't want to talk about things that haven't been proven. But when you have a patient in dire straits, you have a patient that is near death or in such bad condition when the choices do nothing or give it a try. I don't know why you wouldn't give it a try. A lot more people are about to give this chloroquine and z the uh, Zithromax combination cocktail, a try as the state of New York, who is oddly enough been working really well with Donald Trump and his administration, the governor Cuomo, who, nobody would accuse of being a right winger him and Donald Trump seem to be working really well together and starting tomorrow which would be Tuesday of this week the state has acquired 70,000 doses of hydrochloroquine 10,000 doses of Zithromax and 750,000 doses of chloroquine and they're starting trials tomorrow so I think we're going to know at least anecdotally, it's going to take a little while for all this to go through a, a little bit of a longer test, but I think doctors are going to be reporting pretty quickly within a week or so what this is doing in New York City, especially that is getting hit very hard right now by the coronavirus. With that said, the numbers around the world don't seem to be as daunting as they first were. We're going to keep our fingers crossed, keep saying prayers that this works in the state of New York, because then it's going to be working everywhere, and it's going to take a load off both the country economically and, of course, from our health standpoint, that people know the fear kind of goes away if, you know, like, I'm going to get sick, and there's like an 85% chance if I get sick, it's just going to be the flu, but I also understand if it's going to get to a critical point, they have medication. There are ways to treat it and there are places in the world already i think it was israel that was talking about using these same drugs as a prophylactics so even people who are just working in the medical community there even if you're not sick to take it and we'll watch all these things and see how they go but that the numbers are very promising we need to get a little bit more data and data is also a problem because that's one of the things that i talked about it here the numbers in italy were the thing that can really had the most concern for me because Italy was the first country that was hit by this that you could believe the numbers because you can't really believe what's coming out of China. It's pretty obvious they covered this up for a long time. They don't want the real numbers to come out. You can't really trust the numbers you're getting out of places like Iran. And it seemed like Italy was massively hit and there was a huge amount of deaths. And it's come to light now that the way italy puts these deaths down is questionable at best and i saw this in an article and i posted it on twitter and said hey am i missing something here because what this article out of the uk said i think it was on the daily mail site and you can go find this now almost anywhere because this has been blowing up that 88 percent of the deaths that have been reported in italy as coronavirus deaths when you go to that map the big scary one with all the big red circles telling you how many people have died from this only 12 percent can actually be directly related to the coronavirus 88 percent not so much the way they do it in italy if they're i didn't quite understand if it's any hospital that coronavirus is present that goes down as the cause of death or if it is if it's present in a person and they die that's the cause of death you know meaning if the person was going to die anyway i mean the un i saw a number the earlier today that you know 15,000 or something people die on a daily basis anywhere but in italy the numbers here if you had a kid that was hit by a car and died because he was hit by a car And they do an autopsy and realize that he had the coronavirus, even if he wasn't showing symptoms. These were all showing as coronavirus deaths. So the numbers out of Italy right now, don't trust them. Take them with a massive grain of salt. The stats, what this is going to do to this is still not completely known. But it seems more likely that the percentage, the death rate on this is going to be Much lower than originally thought. With that said, this is serious. People are getting this contagion. It is doing some bad things to people. And you have to understand, even if you're young, if you feel like you can't breathe, get help as quickly as you can because there is help out there. There are drugs out there that are working, and you need to be on a ventilator if your lungs start getting filled in order to keep oxygen going. It's a pretty basic thing but don't be the strong one that goes, "Well, no, I'll be fine. I just I just need another day." If you're having trouble breathing, that's not the thing to do. If you just have a cough, sure. If you have a headache and you know muscle aches and that's fine. You could probably get through it like the cases 85% or so that are just going to be kind of like a bad flu. If you're having trouble breathing, then you definitely want to get help. So, Not everything great this week, but certainly not everything bad, you know, besides the government wanting to play politics in the midst of a pandemic. And I hope everybody listening that has the ability to vote anywhere in the world, watch your politicians, see how they're acting through this crisis and show up to vote and get the right people in to do the job when you have a chance to do so. I do appreciate that you've already voted on what podcasts to listen to, and you're listening now to the Random Thoughts podcast. Where there are so many other choices out there, we hope we're bringing you a little bit of sanity and a little bit of fun at the same time in these these crazy times. Ask my doctor how long do you think this is going to last before we really start seeing things having a semblance of normality coming back, and he guessed about two months. So we're still in it for the long haul. We still have some time to do. That doesn't mean we're going to be shut down 100% for two months if drugs start working and people can just start practicing more of the social distancing, not getting into big crowds and being smart. I know that's a lot to ask. Do you see the people in California who are still going to the beaches? I mean, come on, people get it together. But we're glad you're listening to the Random Thoughts podcast. We do work on the value for value model taught to us by the No Agenda podcast, and that is We provide these shows for free. If you got anything out of them, you can give back to us by going to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com, clicking that donate button. You can do a one-time donation, a monthly donation through PayPal. You can use Bitcoin. You can send us a check in the mail, go old-fashioned way, keep the post office going, get rid of their debt, help them out the old-fashioned way by actually putting an envelope in the mail and sending it our way. If you like the show and you're not subscribed yet, you can also do that at randomthoughts.com, Apple, Android, Stitcher, any which way you want the show. Hey, you could even get it in email so you never miss a show. Keep the faith. We're going to get through this one. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.